Welcome to the Live Lucky Podcast, where we discuss the lucky strategies that bridge the gap between who you are and who you want to be. I'm your host, Blake Suzellis. Get ready to face the worst of yourself, shift your perspectives, deepen your love, and broaden your wisdom to live and lead others in a lucky life. Welcome back, everybody. You have tuned in to the Live Lucky Podcast. I'm just so happy to be here this morning. I'm just in a really good mood. Um, and I was in Colorado this past weekend visiting my uh, youngest brother and just haven't seen him since Christmas. So that was really nice. You know, so that's been like almost 10 months. Um, but also, this is kind of exciting, maybe not so much for you guys, but uh, I met a goal this morning uh, in well, you guys know that last last summer I had a pretty major surgery, and uh, so they had cut me open, my whole stomach, all my abs were cut and everything like that, and uh, I haven't been able to really do much physical activity, exercising, those kind of things, so it's been really slow go, um, but this morning... I did three sets of 20 push-ups, and I was really excited about that. And so uh, I'm feeling really good about today. Um, well, anyway, back to the Live Lucky podcast here. So today we are actually kicking off a series on relationships, and I'm calling it the Top 5 Relationship Savers. And so this is going to air you know, five days in a row. Um, we're going to spend an episode on one of each of the relationship savers, and by the end of the series, you, know, you guys will have the opportunity to step into improved relationships with everyone around you because they apply to all the different relationships around you, whether that's your significant other, you know, your children, coworkers, friends, family. You know, you get the, you get the point. So... Today we are going to talk about the first relationship saver, and that is assume positive intent. I'm going to say that again. Assume positive intent. So what does that actually mean? right? Assume positive intent just means that you believe that regardless of the people in your life uh, and, and what their behaviors are, you're assuming that their motivation is positive. You know, they're leading with with love towards you, for care towards you. Um, now, I know I can't be the only one who has taken someone else's words or expressions, suggestions, or even behaviors in a different way than was intended, right? I mean, so so often we can just look at people's behaviors and think we understand what their motivation is. Um, so several months back here, um, I got really sick, and uh, it was probably only like a two or three day kind of bug. Um, but I just laid in bed, and uh, and you know when you're sick, you don't really think the clearest. You know, you're kind of leading with that emotional brain, and the amygdala is a little bit more in control. Well. Uh, in that moment, in that day, you know, I was getting really upset that no one was checking on me. I was like, you know what, why isn't anybody even coming into the room to look and see how I'm doing? I'm sick, you know, this is this is kind of what I expect people to do when I'm not feeling well. Um, and so, of course, that 
was not a helpful way to even think in that moment. But at the same time, you know, I talked to my wife about it, and uh, and I was just like, hey, you know, this is something that I just I I didn't feel good about, you know, and um, again, I wasn't putting anything on anybody else like they had to do it, but I'm just saying like, yeah, this is something that was I would have really liked. Um, but at the same time, you know, hearing this story from my wife, I'm sure she would say I probably was a little bit less calm than what I'm saying right now. <laughs> Not one of my proudest moments, right? Um, and so sometimes when we, we take those things and just think that we know what other people are, uh, they're motivated by, uh, puts us in a, in a bad place. And so, you know, my wife, she was like, uh, you know, when I'm sick, I don't want anybody to check on me. I'm sleeping. I, I just want to rest. I don't want anybody to bother me. And so that's, of course, why she didn't check on me as often as I felt like I wanted it. And so it was just really funny, you know, because once we talked about it, I was like, you know, smacking myself in the forehead like, oh, of course, you know, uh, I just needed to understand. Um, but I was really had, glad that we had that conversation. Um, but anyway, I should have taken my own advice calming my emotional brain first and then talking to her and uh you know it's been several months now doing pretty good with that end of things um now when we're looking at behaviors though you know behaviors do express motivation so what do i mean by that i mean we know that our thoughts and beliefs influence our emotions and our emotions influence our behaviors we've we've talked about this a couple times. Um, but that doesn't mean we can read other people's minds yet. <laughs> uh, and actually, what we call this is it's a cognitive distortion. You know, it's a problematic thinking pattern. And we call it mind reading, right? It's, it's um, there's, there's 10 really uh, significant cognitive distortions that a lot of human beings fall into, especially in the United States. You know, and I'm not—I'm only saying that because I haven't studied the cultures of the other parts of the world in terms of whether they do these a lot or not. But you know, mind reading is something that I would say is probably pretty ubiqui- ubiquitous across the globe. Um, but I don't want to claim that because I haven't studied it. However. I do know that when I'm trying to read someone else's mind, believing I know what they're thinking or know what they are feeling or what they're motivated by, um, just because I've seen their behaviors, you know, it's not usually that helpful. And, and again, this is something I am trained to do. I work with people every single day trying to understand their body language because we know on, like 93% of what we communicate is through our body and, and through our tone of voice and all these things. Only 7% is the words that we actually speak. And so um, it's, it's really hard to understand what someone's communicating without looking at their body language and trying to understand it. But that's where I'm just going to continue to invite you guys to be curious. Because, again, we don't know what's motivating them until we have a a discussion. So, I mean, like a smile and a hug could be motivated by fear or it could be motivated by love. You know, 
I've worked with, you know, many a role reversal parent-child duos. Um, what I mean by that is, you know, children with just very unhealthy parents that look, the parents look to the children to meet their needs versus the other way around. You know, this was, it was kind of funny after my wife and I had talked about role reversal and, and, you know, things like that. uh, We were at this hot springs in Montana and there was this family there and um, these two kids were kind of acting up, you know, kind of whining. And then this mother literally like just starts like crying like throwing a tantrum in front of her kids in in this hot spring and my wife and I just looked at each other and just like oh my gosh you know she's looking that's her strategy and again not judging her on her strategy but just how unhelpful that role reversal strategy is where you're looking to have your children meet your needs versus versus the other way around and so um, the children of course they kind of went to the the pleasing mom, you know, smugging and uh, smiling and hugging her, but it was not out of love. It was out of fear. It was out of fear that she wouldn't stop. You know, she's throwing a tantrum, and 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 of course we could look at this the other way around too, with parents with kids who are throwing the tantrum, and uh, you know sometimes we're leading with fear that oh my gosh, who's looking at me? And I mean, my goodness, I've had I have five kids. Of course, I've had kids throw tantrums everywhere and every time. And um, but at the same time, it's really looking past what the behavior is and looking to what are they communicating with their behavior. So, uh, just something to think about. Um, and I want to look at this from even a different angle. You know, if if I was an alcoholic, and um, my wife decided, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to really help you. And she just dumps all of my booze down the drain, right? Now, is this fear? Is this leading with fear? Is this leading with love? Or is it both? You know, is there this positive intent behind her dumping out the booze? Um yeah, this is why ethics class exist, you know, because ethics and morality, they're, they're not this black and white thing, cut and dry. You know, we can't just look at a behavior and understand the motivation behind it. And so that, the, if, if I was the alcoholic and my wife dumped my booze, you know, it could be that she fears that, you know, maybe my behavior, my, the way that I would act after consuming lots of alcohol. Or it could be in love because she knows that I don't like who I am drinking the booze. You know, but if I'm just seeing her do this and I don't assume positive intent, you know, it's going to, it could potentially turn into a nasty situation. And so this is where we can also even talk about needs versus wants. You know, my need to stop that addiction is very high, you know. Now, my want to stop the addiction might be high, might be low, I don't know. But I want to switch this around, and I'm just going to invite you guys to think about this just for yourselves. You know, because looking at, am I trying to meet a need or trying to meet a want for somebody else? Yeah, that helps you to discern your own motivation. 
And when you start looking at your own strategies, that's really going to help you understand if you know, you're more likely to fall into this particular unhelpful strategy of assuming the worst in people, you know. Because um, the truth is, if you tend to believe people can't be trusted, I mean, assuming positive intent is going to be extremely hard for you. You know, and I know that we've talked about different relational strategies in the past here, and of course this is a very independent strategy where it's like I can only trust a couple people I'm gonna push everybody else away because I can't trust anybody else and of course we know we've talked about how trust is so closely linked to safety and um, so obviously you don't feel safe with other people and that's you know that's something that just understanding uh, yourself better in these different areas is going to be helpful for you um, but assuming positive intent in these different close relationships, you know, that's going to be really helpful. Because, I mean, also, on, if we go to the other end of the spectrum, if you tend to believe everyone, uh, you can just trust everybody with everything, um, you're going to get burned, right? And, of course, those people in the first group, they're like, yeah, that's exactly why I don't trust anybody. Um, but again, this is not always a helpful strategy to lead with. So I'm going to say this, you know, assuming positive intent, we're talking about relationship savers. These are people you are in close relationship with, okay? And so using that rule of thumb, assuming positive intent with those close to you, especially if they haven't given you any reason for distrust, you know, uh, like, for example, if we go back to that that uh, moment when I was sick, you know, f several months ago, and, you know, I was kind of jumping to conclusions, trying to mind read, and uh, took me in a terrible place, um, but my wife had never given me any reason to not trust her in that area. It didn't make any sense that I would go to that very emotion-led conclusion, right? Um so anyway, I think you guys understand what we're, where we're going with on this. But, you know, we're trying to be more self-aware. But not only that, recognizing the choice that you have in, in all of this. You know, blame is a dead-end street. Just like, you know, in that example I shared about my, my life, you know, blaming my wife or my kids or, you know, for, for not checking on me, that's, that's not going to be helpful. But if I can really understand and be curious about my wife and kids' motivations, but not even more than that, my own motivations help me to recognize that. And that gives me the power to choose in a helpful way. Such a better place to be. <laughs> so... How does assuming positive intent help you lead lucky? You know, and again, I'm just going to come back to this. You know, as a leader, whether that's a parent or whether you're leading a whole team or a whole company, you know, being curious first. Leading with curiosity is such a helpful strategy because usually what we do first is we have our boundary set. We set the expectations, whether that's in the business or in the, whether it's at home, and we set up the consequences. And if you're not doing those things, 
that's going to be an area where you will want to make sure that you learn more about how to do that in a helpful way. But once those boundaries and consequences are set, then we can just, okay, be curious about the behavior that is going on. And then basically, you know, if there is something that there was a broken boundary, well, then there's just a natural consequence to that. And like we said before, you know, it's just kind of like, you know, giving a speeding ticket when someone's speeding. It's not like, you know, it's just, it's a natural consequence. Um, and so if we're just curious, then we're not going to this place of blaming and shaming, and which breaks down relationships, breaks down trust. And um, I know we talked about how trust is a really important aspect of leading lucky. Um, so when people are uh, leading as opposed to just managing, they tend to be more honest and productive. I mean, that's just how it works, you know, when we're leading people and not just trying to manage behaviors. Um, now, if things are not going well, maybe it's time to look within, you know. If everything around you is chaos, I mean, unfortunately, you're the one that is the constant there. Um but again, this is only to help you look inward. It's not anything where there's judgment or criticism, blame, but just an invitation. You know, an invitation to look within, uh, to say, okay, I need to be curious about my own motivations. And that, again, gives us so much power into our choice of what we step into next. Um, so what is one thing you want to take away from this episode today? You know? How do you want to assume positive intent in, in some of the relationships that are close to you now? Um, now, guys, uh, as always, you know, living lucky is never living alone. So if this is helping you, please do share it. Um, and, and please also rate the podcast. Uh, connect with us on the different socials. Um, post any questions. And, uh, you know, the links are always in the notes. And I just in, invite you guys to just follow us so that, you know, you know when the next episodes are available. Now, this week, I'm going to release five in five days. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk about the second relational saver. Um, and also, I know that uh, the LiveLuckyTherapy.com uh, is up and available. So if anybody is looking to step into even deeper dive into themselves, that is a really affordable, um, convenient, and effective way to step into that. So guys, I so appreciate you guys tuning in and listening today, and I hope that this will allow you to just better the relationships that you're in uh, this week, and I look forward to talking to you more about relational savers next time. Have a great day, guys.